0: And welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University.
1: And I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. Today, we get to chat with two guests, not just one, but two guests. Yeah. Paige Hostler and vice president for DaVita's insurance management team, and Jeff Burgess, a director for the insurance management team.
2: Welcome, Jeff and Paige.
1: Hello. Thank you.
2: Happy to be here.
1: Thank you both for being on the show today. We're so eager to hear your insights on this important topic of leading virtual teams. This topic was actually requested by one of our teammates. And uh, so let's start with hearing a bit about your team. Tell us about it. What makes it virtual?
2: Yeah. So I'll go first here. As Doug mentioned, I have the privilege of leading the insurance management team, which is made up of about 330 teammates. And most of them are field-based insurance counselors and leadership who are spread geographically across the entire country.
1: That sounds like a lot. Yeah. 300 plus. Yeah.
0: And how about you, Jeff? Um, How how would you characterize a virtual piece of your team?
3: Yes. So... Paige is my boss, Um, so I support uh, members of the insurance management team um, in four Palmer groups that are based in the Midwest and the East Coast, and I also support um, our internal training team.
0: I wanted to pivot a little bit. Jeff, I know you started in the village as a facility administrator leading a clinic where all of your teammates were physically co-located with you. So now that you have a very large team that's very dispersed, um, what have you found to be the difference between leading a virtual team or teammates versus a a physically co-located team?
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd say the biggest thing I've found is you have to be a lot more intentional about your interactions with your team. When I started as an F.A., it was really easy to walk in the door and see people smiling faces and get a feel for how they're doing that day, ask about their weekend. Um, I could also leave my office door open and people could come in. Or you could call a homeroom and gather everyone together to find out what's happening that day. And you don't have that opportunity when you're leading a virtual team. Uh, So in my current role, when I started, one of the first things that Paige told me was uh, in order to be an engaged leader, you have to be responsive when you're leading a virtual Mm -hmm. team. And so that has really helped me frame up how I communicate with my leaders and to know that uh, we need to have set time on the calendar to talk and uh, some things you can hold until that set appointment. Others need to be done in the moment and you need to respond in a timely manner. And so it it helps you establish a foundation for how you can communicate um, across the country uh, when you're not able to just walk and see people live.
0: Mm. Yeah, it sounds like more pre-planning is needed and more intentionality is what I'm hearing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I have have standing calls on the calendar every week with my team, and I keep notes uh, throughout the week on things that can wait until our check-ins. But sometimes you just want to chat, and so you pick up the phone or send a quick email.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I can imagine the responsiveness would play a huge part in that person, the remote teammate feeling connected. If you're much more fast to respond, that that would make them feel like, oh, he he cares about me, he's, he's thinking about me.
3: Yeah, it's very different if you're an F.A. and your door's closed, but someone knows that you're in there and you're on a call. Uh, but if one of your remote teammates is sending you a note and they have radio silence, then uh, they have no idea what's going on for you. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm sure they make up all very positive stories
3: too. <laughs> right? Incredibly positive. A very busy
1: day for Jeff. I, yeah. know,
0: I know I do that. If somebody doesn't respond to me, I make up really good stories, not, not the other stories. So Paige,
1: <laughs> Paige, tell us about a time when you realized that you needed to lead differently virtually than when you led, uh, and what led to that realization?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I will share actually most of my leadership experience. And even prior to leadership experience, I've worked on virtual teams or led virtual teams. And I know one of the first big lessons I learned uh, when I first joined Evita, I was managing a smaller operating group within IMT. And um, I was really, really intentional the first four to six months about how I was creating connection and building team morale. And by intentional, I mean it was literally a standing agenda topic on our weekly call to make sure we did something fun to get teammates speaking up and engaging on the calls. Can you give us pause real quick
0: and give some examples of what those fun things are?
2: yeah absolutely. So uh, some examples of fun things to do on a call would be picking uh, a check-in topic, like what's your favorite winter activity or circulating having the teammates submit and circulate fun photos of them wearing a silly hat or dressed in a costume. <laughs> Just ways to to make the team feel connected if yeah. um, virtually since they we didn't have the ability to to come together and huddle together. Uh, in the same physical location. Oh, that does sound fun. So, um, sorry, you were saying that
0: you tried to create a lot of fun and and connection on this team.
2: Yeah, absolutely, through the weekly homeroom call that we would have. And so I was good about it for four to six months, and then the team was hit with two pretty big changes. One, we were launching a new IT platform, and two, we had a pretty big payer uh, renegotiation that was creating a lot of disruption And I thought because we had pretty strong connection and morale going into those two big challenges that I didn't need to continue to be intentional about carving that time out on our weekly calls. Mm. And so I repurposed the time for what I thought was more important, mistakenly thought was more important, and literally within probably four or five calls – um, I noticed just a huge drop in morale and engagement. You could literally hear crickets on the call. No wow. one was speaking up. No one was participating. And I thought, man, did I blow it? Um,
1: it's a fascinating example of uh, this concept that we have in the village of uh, air and water. You know, which which could you which would you want to give up, air or water? And we don't want to give up either. And this idea that air could. You know, and water representing our culture and our business needs or connection and human connection and then the business. And sounds like a great example of seeing the impact of letting your attention drift over to the business.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the big lesson, too, is just around how precious that team morale is. Hmm. And it would have been way easier for me to continue to feed it and invest in it. Then it turned out to be for me to have to rebuild it, what it felt like from the ground up.
0: That's a really good point. And I think just in general, where leaders decide to spend their time, I think they, like you said, mistakenly believe that that the business side is more important. And when in reality they're spending more time trying to to fix broken relationships than if they had just maintained them. So Excellent.
1: Yeah. How about you, Jeff?
3: So there's definitely a time that stands out for me. Um, When I moved from an F.A. to a group F.A., I was supporting clinics that none of them were based close to where I was. The closest clinic was an hour away. Hmm. And I also took on a facility that was a couple states away and who we had just acquired. And um, so it was a large workload and there was a lot of traffic via phone and email and, and WebEx um, and when I would travel to this uh, the furthest remote clinic, uh, I would still try and continue on with all of the other work that I had. Mm. And I got some feedback about that. And, and I'm glad that I did. You know, feedback's a gift, Doug. So <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> I, uh, I got the feedback that I, I wasn't showing up in a positive way because I was in the conference room on, on a call. And I thought those things were important. But what I realized was when you are a remote leader, and you're in person and you're live with one of your teams, that that is incredibly precious time and you need to be fully present. And so uh, from that experience, I learned that when I travel for meetings um, or team events, that I clear my calendar and I don't do any work. I just focus on the relationships and the meeting or whatever's at hand uh, so I can really uh, do the things that aren't I'm not able to do uh, if I was a local leader.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. I love that, Jeff, to be fully present when you're meeting in person. And I I think that's good advice for anyone, uh, especially important to those who are leading virtual teams or teammates. But just really a good best practice. I'm thinking what's popping into my mind is also parenting. It's also good to be actually present and not just adjacent to your children. Um, being attentive. Sorry, that just popped into my mind. Great yeah. advice for everyone, apparently. Uh, speaking of that in-person component, research says that more than half of our communication is through body language. So when you are uh, not in-person and you're trying to communicate virtually, how do you do that effectively without that 3D? The body language we're so used to needing?
3: Yeah, it's another area where you have to be really intentional. And, and so we're on the phone a lot. And it helps to dial up your expressiveness just a little bit. I'm not telling you to be someone you're not or be inauthentic. But the phone or the video or whatever it is, um, can remove some of that uh, emotional aspect of our communication. And you can come across a little more flat without realizing it. Uh, so uh, you just try to be a little more expressive than you would normally, and then that comes through as it might when you're in person. And, and the same thing works for, for WebEx videos as well. Um, I encourage people on WebEx calls to turn on their cameras. Yeah, um, yeah I that know can it, be
0: scary for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then
1: it, I can't wear my PJs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It,
3: you know, it's funny. It can be scary. Our team's very used to it. And oh, when good. And other... Teammates from other departments join our calls. They're a little thrown off at first, uh, but once you do it a few times, even on a bad hair day, uh, <laughs> no one judges you, and it just becomes a part of the normal call.
0: I, I'm trying to imagine you with a bad hair day, Jeff. What is that, <laughs> that going to look
3: like? <laughs> it's a day when I might have a ball cap on,
0: Grace. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. I was thinking That's about a, good track.
1: a bad hair day or a hat day. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Paige? What strategies have you used to communicate given the the virtualness and your body language is not present?
2: Yeah, I I think for me, when you take away body language, you're left with two primary options for communicating, and that's through emails and through phone calls. Um, And so for me, when it comes to emails, I try to be really concise, answer first, try to avoid the long paragraphs and keep things pretty bulleted. Um, also any asks I have, make sure those are clearly called out. So it's easier for uh, the recipient to, to know what's expected. Um, and then when it comes to calls, I found, you know, when you're, when you're there by yourself, it can be quite tempting to be multitasking when you're on the phone. And I know I've been on the receiving end of that where someone was clearly not paying attention to what I was saying. And I remember how that made me feel. So when I have my one-on-ones with my direct reports, I try to, and, and, Oftentimes, I'll literally get up, walk away from my computer, and walk outside my home office, pace around my backyard. So, Jeff, if you've ever heard birds chirping or helicopters flying (laughs) and are wondering what the heck's going on, it's probably just me pacing around my backyard to step away and remove the distraction of my computer.
3: Makes sense now.
0: (laughs) You talked about multitasking, and that's definitely something that I have been extremely guilty of, too. And I feel as though strategies like that would be very helpful to me. Also, the video strategy that you mentioned, Jeff, that definitely holds me a lot more accountable. So I think even just a leader, you know, to role model that for teammates is helpful so that they know you're paying attention to them.
1: And then I have some people that I want you to talk to about conciseness of emails, if, if you don't mind.
2: <laughs> Happy to help, Doug. <laughs>
1: Probably shouldn't say it starts with my wife, but you
2: know,
1: <laughs> who starts most most of her texts start with please read all the way to the end of this text. <laughs> That's how she starts most of her
2: texts to me.
1: <laughs> Pretty crazy. <laughs> So when it comes down to it as people, communication is the way that we build trust, and trust is the key to effective relationships and teams. Jeff, what other things do you do to build and maintain that trust without that physical contact and co-location?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I I think it's really important to be a good listener, first and foremost, uh, and ask your teammates about things that are going on and things that are related to work, but also what's happening in their personal lives. Um, I I just keep a log of things that I want to bring up on my check-ins. And uh, sometimes it could be Uh, a teammate who's planning for their daughter's wedding, and I had one of those last year, and that's obviously top of mind for a parent, so I wanted to make sure that I was asking. And then on the the flip side, there might be a a struggle or a challenge that uh, a teammate is going through, and and I had a manager who's one of their direct reports um, was struggling with some health issues, and so I wanted to make sure that I was asking about that and if she needed any support. So, you just build trust by following up on those ongoing challenges, whether they're work or personal, and, and that really helps to build trust.
0: And how do you do that? Do you just keep, do you jot, do you have to jot down notes or do you have this ability to just remember everything in your head?
3: I wish I could remember everything. I do a pretty good job of that, but I use Evernote. Um, some people use like Microsoft OneNote, but it's, it's just a, a really simple way where you can jot notes on your laptop or on your phone, and it goes to the same place. And so I just keep that running log. Um, if something comes to me wherever I'm at, um, I'll jot it down, and it will remind me to discuss it on my next check-in.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's a great tip. And then Paige, how about you? What What do you do to build trust with your teammates?
2: Yeah, I can think of a couple things here, one of which Jeff already touched on earlier, that responsiveness equals engagement. I'm happy to hear that that resonated with him. Uh, I do think that that responsiveness is so, so important because teammates can't physically see you and know you're there. They need to feel that you're there and, and uh, experience that. And when I say responsiveness, it's everything from trying to respond to emails within one or two business days, and following through on commitments is another big one. Um, one other thing that I have found really helpful is skip-level check-ins. Mm. Um, mm. So obviously I have the regular touch points with my direct reports, and I also try to extend beyond that and at least once a year do skip-levels with all the managers on the team. And I'll go to those calls, I'll tee up a couple agenda topics, but I really want um, the other teammate to sort of lead and drive the call. And it's a genuine desire to connect with what's going on with them personally, as well as professionally, uh, with no hidden big ask at the end of some new project I want them to take on. <laughs> uh, it's really just a way to, uh, to create that connection.
1: You know, it's that time in our episode where we ask all of our guests to share a tip with our listeners, something that they could go out and put to use pretty quickly and easily. So Jeff, let's start with you. What is one tip or piece of advice that you would give our listeners to try to go out and do right away if they lead a virtual team?
3: Yeah, what I would say is uh, do your calls on WebEx and turn on that video. Nice. Yeah, give it a whirl. It's a little awkward at first, but it'll become second nature and everyone will be present and available to, to the team.
2: Great. about you, Paige? Gosh, I think for me, my one tip would be to be intentional about how you create connection on the team. Literally make it a standing agenda topic during your regular calls or meetings. Um, Some of those examples I shared, like something as silly as a fun check-in question or exchanging photos or independent activities where you share back as a group. Being intentional about that, I think, can really go a long way.
0: Yeah and I heard Jeff say earlier that you guys that that memes are popular as well is that right on your team?
3: Yes, it's almost competitive um and yes we share memes for uh, DaVita anniversaries and birthdays and other important events. And uh, it, really, uh, it really brightens my day. And, and sometimes it's fun to, uh, to try, try and get a little competitive with who can create the best <laughs> meme.
2: Nice. Well, Jeff is definitely in the running for best memes. <laughs> a flurry <laughs> of
1: memes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. So great talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This was fun. Well, that was an enriching discussion with Paige and Jeff, right?
1: Yes, it was. Yeah,
0: and so much of what they talk about just boils down to relationship building and effective communication, right? Like, seems like those um, simply take more intentionality when leading a virtual team or teammates, but important for all leaders. So just really great tip at the end, just to recap that. Incorporate fun, um, such as a check-in question during virtual team meetings, and just turn on the video when you're on a WebEx call.
1: I love they have that that episode was just packed with tips. It's it's so awesome. Agreed. And when um and, and as you know, we have a couple of DVU teammates who work remotely and it does take intentionality to ensure they feel a part of the team. And I it's this is a call to action for me to up my game with them. It's yeah. it's really good. I learned a lot. So speaking of tips, I think it's my turn. And uh, I am going to talk about our tip from our last episode with Jeremy Jensen on building teams through community service. And his tip was to add a component of community service into your team meetings. Mm -hmm. And what I'll say here, Grace, is that um, I've I've had the opportunity to do this a couple of different times. And one time was super easy where we assembled these packets of things things, items for a child's program inside of an elementary school that was, you know, doing like art projects and Mm, things like that. But the one that really stands out is when we as the wisdom team all gathered here in Denver during one of our meetings and we headed over to a um, to an it was a it was a program for at risk youth and they had a facility here. And we went in and we worked hard. I mean, we cleaned rooms. Um, I remember, uh, standing in a stairwell painting and you can know how it gets precarious trying to paint the upper part of a stairwell. And, um, you know, I had to trust this teammate who was holding the oh, ladder for me. Yeah, as I that's climbed. a cool trust building. Right, isn't that a trust building? Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. forget
0: the fall, just stand on top of a ladder.
1: <laughs> right, so at any rate, it just was a really great um, experience and connected me. I could, I, you know, we walked out of there um, sweaty, dirty, and just I just felt a deeper connection with the team. It was really cool.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh, just so you know, I would have held that ladder for you. Oh, thank yeah. you, Grace. Mostly because you're super tall and <laughs> I could I wouldn't be able to reach. And also, I'd want to make sure you were safe. No, I thought it was so. because
1: you trust me because you want me to trust you.
0: Oh, well, Yes. Yeah, That too. And that too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for sharing, Doug. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. Please check out our show notes and click on the listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a message. We've already gotten some listener mails through that link. And so we're awesome. super excited to have them on the show next season. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please click that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes.
1: And if you enjoy these podcasts, please rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so that we know how we're doing. We want to know how we're doing. And we will see you all next week. One for all. All for one.